everyone. Thanks again for joining the Emerald Coast Essentials podcast. Today I'm joined by Tim. He's a buddy of mine and been on the Emerald Coast for... Going on five years now. Okay, five years. Nice. Now, what did you do before you got here and like, how did you end up here? Well, I was in the Army, so then I got stationed here. Uh, I was in training in North Carolina for about three years okay. and then uh, knew that I was going to be stationed here. And so that was... A lot to look forward to being in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is not a great place. And so <laughs> that was definitely like one of the, the, the best feelings of my life was yeah. leaving Fayetteville and knowing I was going to come to here. Nice. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the, the Dallas area in Arlington, Texas. Okay. So you're, so you're familiar with the South and humidity and hurricanes. Like that wasn't a big culture shock. No, no. And, and we don't really get any hurricanes up that far in Texas. But definitely the heat and definitely the humidity as well. So yeah. it's hotter there than it is here. My, my all, all my in-laws lived in the Dallas area, the greater yeah. Dallas area. One of the first times I went to visit them, there was just a horrendous hailstorm. And I was like, what is happening? And they're like, oh, anytime there's a hurricane hitting the coast, we get these massive hailstorms that shoot up. And I was like, that's wild. Oh, yeah. Just the... the <laughs> west to east moving storms like coming off the, the rockies it's just there i've i've never seen any storms like just in, like a thunderstorm in, in texas it's yeah. crazy um I've, yeah, I've driven down like a six lane highway each direction and everybody was going either 20 miles an hour and pulled off the road because it was raining that hard where you couldn't see yeah. you know, nobody was going over 20 but it's just the, the weather there is pretty wild yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what was your biggest culture shock going from, well, we'll say Dallas to North Carolina or Texas? Because you said Houston, right? Well, uh, Houston, I mean, that's went down there on vacation a few times because that's the closest coast. There really wasn't too much of a culture shock. North Carolina, Florida. Um, I went to school up in Washington. So that, that was definitely more of okay. a culture shock. Yeah. I was up there for about five years. D.C. or state? State. Okay. Yeah. And so that's the, the culture is definitely different on yeah. the West Coast versus <laughs> the South. The South is in Texas. They, you know, fairly, the, fairly similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Washington, the Seattle area, quite a bit different. For sure. I was stationed in Washington State before oh, yeah. I moved here. So I completely feel you. So where'd you go to school? Uh, Central Washington. Okay. Nice. How'd you like it up there? I liked it. It was once well, like Let's turn that off. My ringer's turned off. What the hell? I liked it. I mean, Washington's a beautiful state. I mean, it's like one of the prettiest places in the world to be, especially over on the uh, the west side. Um, but you know, I I definitely I I, I like the culture in the south better. Just, okay. So it was good to to get up there and see a different part of the country, but it was good to to come back to. Yeah. My people around here. Yeah. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah. So you said you went from, you were in Texas, went to college in Washington. Yeah. What'd you, uh, what'd you get your degree in? In accounting. And then you enlisted in the Army? Yes. Yeah. So I, I did my bachelor's and master's in accounting. And then I started thinking about joining the military because obviously, you know, you can work in an office job until whenever, until you're 75 years old. But you can only really go into the military, you know, at, at, you know once you get past 30, it's, it's kind of over if you haven't done it. Yeah. And so I started thinking about that. And then uh, 
decided to, to join the army while I was finishing up my master's degree. And so then that's, that's how I ended up enlisting. So what made you enlist over commissioning? How come you didn't go do some uh, desk job in the army? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I didn't want to join the army to do that. So <laughs> okay. I was looking at, fair enough. Initially I was looking at, you know, seals, special forces. I wanted to do something like that. Um, shoot guns, and, jump out of planes. Yep. Yeah. Shoot jumps, guns, jump out of planes and, uh, go get the bad guys. And so, um, it's went to the Navy recruiter first and they, they were bad. They lied. I mean, you always hear the, the stories about recruiters lying and they were especially bad and, and obvious too. And I was like, yeah. man, at the time I was 26 years old and I was like, man, I, like I wasn't born yesterday and it's kind of, ridiculous that they would would say this to an 18 year old who maybe hasn't had a little bit more life experience and wouldn't realize that they're just lying to them say um, that louder for all the 18 year olds <laughs> who are thinking about joining the military right yeah. now your recruiter is just getting numbers yeah like you can always join next month yeah he's you not know. your friend and yeah. they, they try to tell me because i wanted this specific contract i wanted the seal contract and they try to tell me that i had to enlist and go meet to the navy before they just would decide whether to give me that contract or not. And I, I was like, I know that's not how that works. And so I went right next door to the army. And I was like, I'll, I'll do this instead. And so it was a much, much better process uh, getting into the army. They've been doing it a little longer. So, you yeah. know, that's, that's fair. Um, right on. So what did you do in the army? I was a special forces engineer sergeant. So um, special forces and my uh, job specialty was uh, explosives. So, Okay. Did all the explosives training, not as much as EOD. I always like having EOD because they know a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice having somebody with a little bit more training. So like, are you sure? Stuff. Are you sure it's this one? Uh, what did he say? Nice, Adam. Cool. And you did that for how long? I did. So I was in the Army for a total of six and a half years and special forces. I was training for that uh, the whole time until... Um, and that take, that took about three years to do just the training, the initial training. And so three, three years as a special forces engineer sergeant. Okay. Nice. You like it? I did. I liked it a lot. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, best part was the people you get to meet. I mean, there's some of the best people in the world that go special operations yep. and because they want to challenge themselves. So right. just the people that you get to meet and that, are challenging themselves to do that. That's it's probably the best part of, of doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, in my experience, any career field with a high attrition rate where, yeah. you know, the easy way to get out of doing it is just self-elimination and quitting, you know, whether it's ringing the bell from buds or yeah. what we call it SIE, you know, um, drop on requests, whatever, whatever they call it, the different brands with different schoolhouses. But what that results in is always a, a core group of people who worked really hard and were highly motivated, you know, to get through the suck. And I always thought that brought together like the best people that I always wanted to go spend time with. Not that there's anything wrong with doing everything else in the military, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like the, the people that you meet in those circles are different. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you have that shared experience and we're like everybody that you know, that's got a green beret yeah. has done almost exactly what you've done in that training, you know, slight right. variations, but you know, the places, you know, what it took to do that. And so you, you know that that person at least 
accomplish that. And so it kind of gives that shared experience and you can really just talk to somebody and like you instantly know each other a little bit because you know what they've, they've gone through. For sure. Um, deployments? Yes, I did uh, one deployment to Afghanistan. Okay. How long were you there for? Uh, eight months. Nice. How'd you like it? It was, it was interesting. It was an interesting time. Yeah. yeah. Afghanistan's in, it, it feels like you're going back in time. Yeah. To like the dark ages, but then they're also cars from 40 years ago. Right. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. I, ignorance on my part, but when I first got to Afghanistan, I remember looking around and just being like, man, if they just, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mean to comment negatively on the culture, but like, it was beautiful. The mountains, there was like snow capped mountains oh, yeah. everywhere. And I was like, you put a ski resort, get some ski lifts, you know, it'd be an awesome place to go visit outside of the obvious dangers, you know, that exist innately in the culture. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. So where were you at in Afghanistan? That was in the, uh, the South, uh, okay. near, uh, near Joel. Okay. Nice. Did you enjoy it over there? I did. Yeah. No, it was a, it was an interesting, interesting time. Great experience. Yeah, it was. It's definitely one of the more different experiences of my life, just to yeah. see that different culture. And yeah, it, it was interesting. What was that like for you? Like, I mean, you said you went through three years of training to get your MOS. Yeah, and then you only actually—I don't mean this in a negative way—but only did your job for eight months. Like. The, the training to the return there, not that you don't get other training involved and other life skills through that, but I guess, have, have you ever like reflected on that or what was that like? Yeah, I've, I've reflected on it. And if anything, I, I look back and thought, hey, maybe I should have joined sooner. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely thought about that because I would have liked to, to do that more uh, and use the skills that I learned. Um, I was just a little, little late to the game, but I'm still glad I did it but I would have liked to do more. What made you separate? Um, well, the war in Afghanistan was kind of winding down. Um, and like, that's why I joined was to go, um, to go fight. I wasn't joining for, for college cause I did that prior. Right. Um, and so without that happening, without that on the horizon, I, I didn't want to be part of you know, peacetime military where they, it, it, a lot more dumb stuff happens. So. <laughs> um, You're not wrong. When there's when there's no mission, then, then the focus shifts to stuff that doesn't matter. Um, and that's why I joined was for that. And and, I was, and because I joined a little bit later, I would have had to you know stay till I was almost fifty to get to retirement. And this is a little too much. Uh, a little too hard on the body with the the type of training that we do yeah. to, to go long term. And I, and I saw friends that I knew that were close to 20 that were just broken down just from, you know, 20 years of being in the army and carrying yeah. a rucksack on their back. That's super heavy for years and years and yeah. years. And so, you know, their backs are shot, joints are shot and, and, and mine were, you know, at, somewhat at six and a half years, but I saw people at 20, that was way worse. And so I decided to get out and, you know, also it's nice to, you know, be at home more. I know my wife likes that. So, yeah, I'm sure. So you're yeah. married and you have one dog, right? Yep. We, we have nice. a giant schnauzer. Nice. And you live on the water in Destin. Yeah. Well, I guess you're on the Bay side, right? Yeah. We're on the, the South side of the Harbor. Okay. And, uh, 
holiday on Elk. Nice. How do you like it there? It's it's awesome. It's it's hard to beat. Um, in the backyard, we have the canal, and so we have water access. And then across the street, a little bit up the street, we can uh, go and be on the beach. So nice. It's, it's pretty nice. That's awesome. So what's been your favorite part? Uh, so obviously the Army brought you down here. You got stationed here up at 7th Special Forces Group. Yeah. And then you separated and decided this is the place you were going to stay. Um, what's your favorite part about being here? Um, just being this close to the water. And, and it's like it's, it really is one of the nicest beaches in the world. Uh, I've been to Hawaii one time, and the beaches here are nicer than the, really? the several beaches I went to in Hawaii. And it's it's just hard to beat the you know the emerald water and the the white sand beaches. And it's nice because it's it's still a small town. You know, you get the small town for seven eight months out of the year. Yeah, and then you know you've got tourist season with with all the people. But at the same time, because there's so many tourists coming in, there's so much money coming in. You've got stores, you've got uh, you know, places to go that you wouldn't have in a 15,000 person town. Right. Um, so that's nice and it's kind of worth having all the tourists come in for that the, the summer because of everything that's here because of it. Yeah. we. Uh, I was driving down 98 yesterday going to the beach. Um, we had a homeschool event mm -hmm. at the beach. So I went and I just sat up like kind of in the shade and worked, but I ended up spending an hour or something like I went and worked at the beach overlooking the water you know and it's beautiful there's this nice ocean breeze it's a little warm but you know it's florida like get over it it's like yeah you move down here. you gotta <laughs> suffer suffer through the beautiful weather and it's a little bit sweaty you know but uh yeah. i went down went down to the beach afterwards and was kind of hanging out the water was still like flat crystal clear just beautiful you know nice and cool usually we get seagrass by august but yeah. you know not yet um, but all the jellyfish have started rolling in. So like, yeah, they have the started rolling in, in the past like two, three weeks. Um, but I learned yesterday, actually the, the moon jellies, which are, they're a little bit bigger and they got some color on them, but they got like the four circles on the top. of them. Apparently their harpoons is what they call them. Aren't like strong enough to penetrate the skin, but I don't know if you've had any experience getting stung by anything out here yet. Not around here. I don't know. At least not it's been noticeable. Mm. Like I've probably gotten a little sting here or there, but nothing nothing bad. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So uh you're obviously pretty close to the water. What else do you like to do when you're here? Um, I like to go out. We have a boat, so I like to go out with my wife and our dog. We go out and cruise around cruise around the harbor, cruise around the bay. Uh, when it's calm, because it's a smaller boat, we'll take it out the pass into the, the gulf. That's really cool, especially when it's flat in the Gulf. I mean, you've got, you know, it's got to be perfect. The tide's got to be coming in at the right time. You've got to have a north wind to flatten out the waves. <laughs> but when it's when it's nice out and it is, like, flat and clear, you can see 20 feet to the bottom. And it's like, I mean, you're, it looks like a lake when it's when it's really calm. So that's, nice. that's really cool. But you just kind of have to look for those opportunities because it's not usually like that because it, it is the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you find it's better during a certain time of year or time of day, or just you roll the dice and see what it looks like once you get out there. It, it, it really depends. Like I, I pull up the tide chart because you know, the it, two hours before three hours after that high tide is when it's, when it's really pretty out. And then if you're looking for flat, it's like, if you get a North wind, so that's, I, I haven't found that any time of year is better than the other. Usually summer, you don't get a lot of North winds. 
but spring, fall, um, you get some more of those. But you just have to, I, I, I always look at the tides and then I always look at the weather. And if I see a, you know, six or seven mile an hour north wind, I'm like, that's probably going to be perfect out there. And so yeah, that's when you kind of, kind of get out there. But the, the, the upside to, to being that close to the water is like, you can, you can look for the time when it's nice and then you go out and you're not stuck you right. know, planning two weeks in advance. Hey, this is the day we're going to go out there. You can just look out that day and say, Oh, it's going to be really nice. It's yeah. thing right now. Nice. Everyone says the best, two best days of boat ownership is the day you buy it and the day you get rid of it. How do you feel about that? I, I've definitely heard that. Um, yeah. And I've heard the, you know, boat stands for bust out another thousand because yeah. that's what, uh, what it takes, you know, everything, yeah. everything on a boat is a thousand dollars. This is thousand, and, yeah. or bust out another thousand. One of my buddies, uh, Bobby, he said, boat stands for buy another thousand. Yeah. I said, Bobby, that's, that's bad. <laughs> that's not boat. <laughs> but he's from Alabama. So, oh. uh, roll time. Yeah. Roll time. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have heard that. I haven't really experienced that too much yet. Um, just cause I mean, we're fortunate enough to be right there on the water and then the boat's literally right. in the backyard. Um, I think a lot of boat ownership and, and, and why it's a hassle is because, you know, you, if you want to take the boat out, you've got to like, you got to get it on the trailer, you got to right. go down, you got to drop it in the water. But then you've got to stay out because you spend all that time doing that. Doing it. And then you got to take it off. You got to come clean it. Uh, and so it's kind of, there's a lot of hassle to that. Right. I don't think we'd own a boat if we didn't have that water access because we can walk down our back, you know, steps and go, you know, Jump hop the in the boat yeah. and five minutes later we're out in the water. So. so you find it's worth it even if there is, I mean, obviously there's costs associated with it. Absolutely. I think, I think yeah. that's kind of one of the missed points that everyone's like, oh, never buy a boat because it costs money. It's like, yeah, yeah. but if you're out on it every weekend and it's beautiful and you can go to the harbor, you know, or wherever... I mean, out here, you can use it for commuting. There's oh, enough yeah. little canals and stuff that if you work really within a half mile of the canal, there's usually somewhere that you can park, tie your boat up and, you know, walk to work. I know yeah. people that do that. Um, or just you want to go to a restaurant, like, take your boat. There's a bunch of restaurants on the water and almost all of them on the water have somewhere to tie a boat up. Yeah. So worth it, though? Def definitely worth it. Yeah. yeah. I, nice. I don't know if we'd do it if we weren't, we weren't on the water. Um, I know a lot of people that do the boat clubs and those are nice because there's no hassle. You, you know, you pay your monthly fee and you'd be paying maintenance on a boat anyway. So, you know, you, you pay for it, you show up, they give you the keys, you drive it around, you come back, you don't even have to fill it up with gas or clean it. And then right. that's that. So you kind of get what you pay for there. Um, I think that's what I, the, the way we would have gone if we didn't have that water access, but the water access makes it yeah, I've considered doing the boat clubs too because some of the boat clubs, especially the nicer ones around here, allow you to like you know there's pontoon boats, there's fishing boats, there's open bows, there's you know deep sea there or v hulls. So like you can kind of if I want to wake up and go fishing with buddies, I can go get a fishing boat. If I'm yeah. trying to do you know a day out at Crab Island with some you know family or whatever, I can get a pontoon boat. Yeah, and it it kind of lets you have the variety of like owning far four or five different boats but not having to actually own four or five different boats, right? You can absolutely, you can yeah. mix it up a little bit. Definitely one of those things that you got to use it if you're going to pay for it. Though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people like you get busy with life. It takes a little bit of effort to get it scheduled and booked out. And then they end up going six months and paying however much money for these memberships. And 
never oh, yeah. use it. And then they're like, oh, this is, you know, it was a waste of money. This is BS. It's like, yeah, well, not too bad. And there's, there's less flexibility. You gotta, you know, you have to, in advance, you have to reserve it, you know, a couple, three weeks out, a month out. Right. And then you be like, obviously you don't know the weather and it's going to be in a month from now. So you could reserve it for a day and then it could be a, you know, day when there's a lot of storms. So that's kind of the downside of that. But I mean, the, the upside is a, you don't have to, you don't have to go to a boat slip and drop it in yeah. and do all that, that nonsense. So there's a lot of upside to it. Speaking of, uh, storms and bad weather did you see a hurricane's about to hit california i did yeah no, that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting I, I grew up in southern california so i messaged my family it's just like you guys uh you know, sticking around for this thing but uh they're supposed to get i mean it doesn't sound like a lot here if anyone's from that side of this country like you know i was looking at it my, where my parents live they're like oh yeah we're predicted to get like three or four inches of rain it's a lot for southern california because they've lot. got it's a lot of landslides that happens yeah. and highways wash out and roads wash out. It's yeah. It's, and the, the infrastructure just isn't built to funnel that off quick enough. You know, the water oh, yeah. doesn't soak into the ground here. We get two inches of rain every other afternoon and it just yeah. disappears within three hours. Um, I don't know where it all goes, but the it's, ocean. it's the ocean's right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. So I think, I think it's, Protected or projected to hit on the twenty first, where my parents are at. Oh yeah, that's so, like, three days. I saw something about that. It's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to weaken by the time it gets up there, which that usually happens before it gets to California. You know, it's it's, right. it's gets that chance to weaken, but even then, I mean, just the amount of rain that's going to get dumped there, they are not built for that. I mean, Southern California just doesn't get any rain. Yeah, so. it'll for sure be uh, interesting. It'll be interesting. Interesting yeah. go of it. Cool, man. Uh, well, I got to ask. So if someone is coming to visit here for 24 hours, 48 hours, if they're coming on vacation, whatever, what are what are your top recommendations? What, what you got to do if you're coming down here? I would say like, if you're, if you're going to come here for that short of time, definitely spend a lot of it on the water, whether you're going to the beach and really you can go to any beach around here. Um, they're all pretty nice, whether it's 30A or Destin or Oklahoma Island. Um, you're going to have that, those white sand beaches. And I'd also say Destin's a little bit busy, but if you go to the Harbor area, that's nice. Yeah. You can always rent a boat, jet ski, you'll, you'll pay for it. Yeah. It's really expensive, but it's nice to get out on a boat and just see everything. Um, and then if, if, if people are a little fancy, they can go down to 30A and get the, the $10 ice creams and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> That's always that's always fun to go to, but it's it's so crowded down there. Uh, we don't go down down there until like the off season. I don't remember what the name of the section of thirty A is, but there's a section of like like eight food trucks that are more or less oh, yeah. like permanent there. Seaside, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So we were over there, and I, you know, we were getting some food. I remember like a plate of barbecue was like twenty one dollars. I was like, how many is this feed? You know, it's like no, just one like, person. Yeah, you know, one person, one <laughs> one moderately hungry person. Yeah. I was like, oh god. Um, well, it's a really cool place to go. It is uh, really cool. Old 98 is really, really cool yeah. to go. Um, it, you know, you've got the sidewalks with the, the bikes and everything. Yeah. And you can see a lot of the oceans kind of up on a hill. 
So it, it's pretty down there and that's a good place to go and walk and go to a, you know, a, a beach bar and sit there and look at the ocean. So there's supposed to be a new bike path going in that's going to connect Fort Walton and Destin. So it's going to oh, go yeah. all the way across Okaloosa Island, which will be really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping they're going to include some parking on Okaloosa Island to get out to the beach in between the two also. We'll see. But, yeah, I mean, probably not. Cause almost that's a, every day yeah. someone is sunk and stuck out there, you yeah. know, which is horrible, but. You mentioned the beaches in Destin. I noticed when I started going to the beaches, because we went to Oakloose Island for the longest mm -hmm. time when we first moved here, because it was the closest to us. Like, we'd go across the bridge, mm -hmm. down to Fort Walton, and it's right there, and that's where we'd go. And then when I moved up to Niceville, we started going to some of the beaches in Destin. And there's just, if you're not staying in some of those condo buildings, there's like, it's all roped off. And if you're not staying in one of the hotels or condo hotels or whatever it is, then, you know, there's like 20... 20 linear feet of beachfront for a thousand people. And it's oh, just yeah. horrible. Um, do you know of any good places that are kind of more open to the public if they want to go to the beach in Destin? In Destin, there's, there's not a ton. I mean, Noriego uh, point has a lot of beach, but a lot of that's not on the actual Gulf. It's on the, the, right. the Bay and then also the Harbor, but that's also, it's also a pretty cool area, but crystal beach area. That's kind of where, if you're talking about Destin beaches, that's where the most parking is at that crab trap and the, uh, I forget what the other restaurant is down there, but they generally, you can find parking there and there's a decent amount of space. So like the crab trap in Okaloosa Island and also the one in Destin and old 98, that's kind of a good spot to get a okay. shoot for if you're looking for a beach. Okay, cool. So run a boat, go to the beach. Yeah. Hang out with the water. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of good restaurants. So yeah, yeah there's a uh, favorite. Let's see favorite restaurant. Yeah. That's, that's a difficult one. What's your favorite or what's a hidden gem? Mm -hmm. Like what's something that you wouldn't find if you were coming to town to visit? Well, for, for quicker food, definitely burrito del sol. Okay. Uh, there's one at Fort Walton, one in Destin. Um, pretty good burritos. So that's always solid. And they're, they're pretty quick and they're always consistent. Good food. Um, actually, next to Burrito del Sol, there's a restaurant called Red Onion, which is a great place. And they've got some really good food. Really like really like Red Onion. I'll have to try that. I've never had Red yeah. Onion. Okay. You have to wait a little bit longer. Um, they usually just have one waitress there, and she's running around like crazy. Really good. Um, but they're, I mean, they've got some great food, especially if you like Greek. Um, okay. Yeah, get the Greek nachos for sure. No. And then also they have Greek fries and yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're really solid. Um, they definitely like a sit down. They, they've got that Mediterranean. It's you're going to be there for an hour and a half. Cool. Unless you get there early, but it's really good food. Really good food. I like that. I yeah. like sitting down and hanging out for an hour and relaxing and yeah. having some good food. Awesome, man. Well, I got to run, but I really appreciate you coming on. Um, you got anything Thanks else? Any me. parting shots? Uh, nothing that I can think of, man. Cool, man. We'll do it again. All right. Sounds good. All right, bud.